Okay, we will go ahead and get started on our January 22nd um, Planning Commission meeting. And first, I'd like to meet everyone in the flag salute. Could you all please stand? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay, we'll go ahead and do roll call. Uh, Mr. Sevison? Present. Mr. Gray? Mr. Moss? Here. Mr. Johnson? Here. Mr. Nader? Here. Mr. Ricucci? Here. Mr. Denial? Here. Okay, we'll go ahead and have our report from Planning Director, EJ. Good morning. Uh, EJ Evaldi with the Planning Services Division. I don't really have much to report since uh, we met just two weeks ago. Uh, the Board of Supervisors, they met up in Tahoe this past Tuesday. The only land use item on there was the, uh, an update on the Tahoe uh, area plan that's going on. And today the board is having a special meeting uh, on the homeless issue which is going on uh, concurrently with your meeting right now. For Planning Commission, uh, we have two meetings that were tentatively scheduled for February. One was on the 5th. We're most likely going to cancel that meeting. Uh, and then the next meeting will be February 26th. So I will put that on your calendar. Um, and that's, that's all I have. So if there's any questions, we can get, get underway. Yeah, I do have a question. Uh, as far as the uh, application for the Costco, yes. it ran into a little bump in the road with the city of Auburn. And so I guess what my question is, uh, is, is the county going to progress as they planned on Costco with the uh, initiation of the CEQ and ultimately? Yeah, I, th I think and if Karen wants to jump in there. I do indeed. Okay. Um, <laughs> just to advise the commission, uh, the county has been formally served with two different uh, lawsuits. One by a nonprofit group, uh, if my memory serves correctly, the Auburn Highway 49 Association. I may have the, the title somewhat incorrect. Um, and yesterday we were formally served by the city of Auburn. Both groups are challenging the board's action on December 9th, which was to authorize the execution of an option to lease with Costco. Costco has been named in both lawsuits. Um, so we will now be proceeding under, uh, and the both are asserting that uh, the county failed to comply with CEQA. Um, with respect to that, I would prefer to defer questions about the Costco application until we have commenced the formal, um, there's a lot of steps in a CEQA lawsuit including an early mandatory settlement conference that will be happening within 45 days of being um, served. I'm going off of the City of Auburn service of yesterday. So I think we'll be able to flesh out more and perhaps provide reports to the Commission after we go through those initial processes of preparing the record, um, settlement conference, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, um, I'd prefer to defer on a response to that right now due to the litigation. Okay, thank you. Uh -huh. Okay, no other questions? Thank you, Jay. Okay, thank you. Okay, would anyone in the public like to comment to the Planning Commission on any, any issues other than what's before us today? 
okay, come on up and state your name and what you want to talk about. Morning. Good morning. Uh, my name is Kevin Stevenson. I'm the owner of Cask Wines. Um, we currently operate a production facility within the town of Loomis, but we also operate a tasting room on the flower farm property about four miles east of town near Folsom Lake. I know a lot of you are familiar with that. Um, I was recently elected president of the Placer County Vintners Association and we held our first meeting of the year just a couple of days ago. Uh, my reason for coming before you today is simply to express uh, what I would call unanimous concern among the PCVA members with respect to some of the recent wording changes that have been made to the draft winery ordinance uh, that's currently being considered by the county, uh, primarily as it relates to our day-to-day tasting room activities. Uh, when the process started, I'm sure you all remember uh, Phil Maddox from Lone Buffalo was tasked with, uh, by the PCVA, uh, PCVA with drafting a set of proposed revisions uh, to the existing ordinance. That was meant to serve primarily as an outline to planning for major concerns with the ordinance as it exists today and was drafted several years ago. Early in the process, many of these concerns were addressed by the draft ordinance. Um, recently, I would say very recently, uh, we've become a little bit frustrated with the, the way the workshop and the MAC process has played out uh, because although it's perhaps um, been beneficial for hearing general concerns from the public, the process uh, has not proved as helpful in explaining to planning that includes the supervisor, the commission, as well as the department, uh, the detailed and unique aspects of operating a winery, running a tasting room, and most importantly, I would say making money at it so that we have a viable long-term tax revenue generating wine industry in the county. Um, and as a consequence, we feel it's been difficult to draft actual verbiage in the ordinance that reflects the realities on the ground. And to do that, frankly, we need perhaps a more face-to-face -face approach. I think a lot of this is uh, our concerns have come to pass uh, very recently as a result of the MAC process, which frankly I wish a lot of us had been more involved in. Um, I can address that if you'd like. But my purpose for coming today, frankly, is to humbly request that we take a brief pause from the process ed as it has played out. Um, and perhaps be allowed to meet directly with planning. That would include the commission as well as the department uh, directly um, to discuss in detail uh, our concerns with the current verbiage and how we might uh, move forward to address some of those concerns. Um, I have uh, copies of, if I could, copies of a revised revision. Uh, this is an update to the revision uh, recommendations that uh, Phil Maddox had originally presented several months ago. We tried to clarify some verbiage to make it fit more in line with where we felt like the planning verbiage was going and to address uh, some of the concerns um, of our previous draft. Um, anyway, that's all I really had to say. Um, I wouldn't say there's a, a sense of panic among the PCA members although we sort of came out of a, a very difficult, stressful harvest and through the holidays, and we've all sort of regrouped and uh, 
the verbiage has been a little bit concerning to us. Um, and I, for one, uh, will fall on the sword personally for not being a little more involved with the MAC process. I have attended all the workshops that we've had here. Um, I found those to be a little frustrating. I, I appreciate the, the idea behind them, but in terms of uh, actually putting word to paper, it's been a little bit frustrating for some of us, um, it, not through anybody's fault, but I, I, I just feel like that's some part of the process, uh, process that's been missing because it is such a detailed, complicated business, multifaceted. Uh, it's get up, uh, tough to get up and explain in 60 seconds. One winery stands up and a neighbor stands up and complains about something. It, it's not very productive from our standpoint. So anyway, um, we'd like the chance to meet directly with the commission in a detailed format that we might maybe for an hour or two discuss very specifics uh, very specific ideas, and also, frankly, to bring data and personal experiences, including financial, if we have to, um, to talk about this issue because uh, it's a difficult business, and we really want to have a viable wine industry, and we're very concerned right now. Anyway, oh, okay, I happy think to I answer know what the answer to meeting with us directly because we're public. Body. So it'd be a public meeting or something was set up with staff, I guess. Chair, chairman, yeah, if I could jump in. The, the Vintners Association, they did contact county staff, and uh, they actually met with us uh, last week, last Monday. There were uh, four individuals part of the Vintners Association that, that met with us. They did present some changes. Uh, we, we looked at those. Uh, I think there is some merit to some of those changes. But the question is, is you know, what, what form do those get presented so uh one suggestion for the commission is that we we do hold another workshop so these can be vetted that'd probably be the best way to have uh you know those changes made and we could we could do that as early as you know two weeks from now february 5th or at the you know second meeting in february the 20 26th i think i just said 26 yeah so if if the commission has an appetite for that we'd be happy to uh, you know, get with the vintners and uh, you know get a staff report put together and, and and have one more final workshop. What's the commission? Well, we were talking. You were talking about the next one being the twenty. The next one be being canceled. Yeah, so it'd be the twenty-sixth. Right, and that and so you'd be. Yeah. That would that meet your your requirement? Well, we'll we'll certainly make ourselves available. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll go ahead and uh, put that on the agenda for the February twenty sixth. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay, thank thank you is there anybody else that would like to address the commission? Okay, seeing none, we'll go ahead and go to our <coughs> item number one, um, Rogers Variance, Appeal of Zoning Administrator's Denial of a Variance. And Melanie, I guess you're past that. Good morning. The item before you is an appeal of the Zoning Administrator's Denial of the Rogers Variance. 
The proposed project would allow for the construction of a shed one foot from the east property line, the placement of a barn, a 400 square foot barn, eight feet from the uh, east property line, and for the placement of an animal enclosure uh, on the northeast corner of the property on north and east property lines. On October 16th, uh, there was a zoning administrator hearing whereby the zoning administrator heard the Rogers variance and, and uh, chose to deny the, the variance. And on the 23rd of October, uh, the zoning administrator received an appeal of that decision. Um, and that appeal was based on the appellant's statement that there were special circumstances on the property, including the, topogra the topography, uh, existing um, structures on the property, as well as leach fields and a pond. And he also stated that the variance would not constitute a grant of special privileges because there are other properties in the area that have similar construction, including properties that have buildings without building permits and another property that has a variance to the east, what is the east property line for this property. Uh, the zoning administrator found that there were other buildable areas on this property and therefore there was no need to have um, a variance on the property. And also found that after uh, being instructed not to continue building the shed after being told that it was a violation and that he needed to get a variance and a building permit, uh, the appellant continued to construct the shed uh, and based on that and finding that there were no special circumstances on the property, the zoning administrator chose to deny, to deny the variance and staff has found following this appeal that, uh, that the zoning administrator was correct and as a result uh, staff recommends approval or excuse me, Staff recommends that you uphold the um, zoning administrator's denial of the project, and I'd be happy to answer any questions. Melanie, you originally supported uh, the variance, and then you now have obviously changed your position. Is it just you're now supporting the uh, with the, the, the denial and new evidence that has come forward? Is that the reason for the change? That's correct. After the variance was brought forward, there were other things that it, were looked at on the property that made it necessary to recommend denial. And, and we're also taking forward the zoning administrator's decision for denial based on what the zoning administrator had found at, at the hearing. Okay. Mel Melanie, if you could, could you go through the, the slides just so the commission has a better idea of the property itself and where the structures are located? Yeah, the structures in question are the shed, which is this part right here, and that's the one that's one foot from the property line. The other structure is the barn here, and that is eight feet from the property line. And then this is the, uh, the animal enclosure um, just connected to the barn and then it's it's on the north and east property line it goes it just basically comes from here and then 
um, continues on to those property lines. See, I have a question. Uh, go, go ahead. Um, <clears throat> when was the barn constructed? The barn was constructed prior to 2011, and then the the other structure actually was constructed in in 2011. Would the barn uh, require a building permit? Yes. And uh, also the uh, structure would require a building permit? Yes. And so uh, I guess just a question of the process. In the process, when they review these for a building permit, do they uh, review, it, uh, review a map or something that shows location and setbacks and that kind of stuff? That's correct. And so were either of these structures issued a building permit? No. They no. were... Um, there were applications for a building permit, but neither one has been approved, partially because the variance, there needs to be a decision on the variance before um, there can be a final on those building permits. Okay. Another question is, uh, it's been mentioned in the report that there's other sites on the property that could accommodate uh, these buildings. That's correct. Uh, I don't know if the if you have the complete map there, but where are those? The area that was pointed out by the zoning administrator as an alternate area for construction is this portion of the property right here. You see, I'm having trouble finding the red dot. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's not exactly. <laughs> you want me to? I can point at it. Oh, I like that. Yeah. A nice green one. <laughs> I got to look at a green one. So, yeah, okay, can it, it, hopefully you can see that one. Um, this is the area right here that was identified as an alternate area for construction. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Maybe just for for myself, I know there are structures that can be built without permits, and it's a square footage and shade shelter type deal for. For animals. That's is correct. It, is it well, 200 square feet or something like that? Uh, our standards for the necessity of the building permit is anything that's under six feet in height, less than 120 square feet in size, and not permanently attached to the ground. Now, which building is this? Is this the, the shed or the? That's the shed. So that's the the one that they they built and during construction, yeah. Uh, they stopped building it and they kept building it. That's correct. Okay. I have a question to follow up with Richards. Is um, was the building rent permits uh, issued at the time they started construction, or was it after the fact they asked for permits? It was after the fact. Okay. So was it after um, this? Um, the inspection by the county uh, uh, revealed the issue? No, there was a complaint filed with right. code enforcement. Oh, yeah, code enforcement went out, and then yeah. that was the time when the permit was uh, came in a request. Uh, right. Correct. Jeff, did you have Yeah, that? just to further clarify, clarify, both of these buildings were built without permits. So not until there was code enforcement action did the applicant appellant come in uh, and apply for permits. Do you have a big picture of the of an overhead satellite view? Or yes, yes, I do. Go to it because 
Um, I'll move on from that one. This... Is that the barn, that last picture? The, this is the shed. I, I think I need some batteries in this. Uh, it's in it, but we, we take it. <laughs> what, <laughs> so, <laughs> what, what's that there? Is that the shed? This is the shed. Okay. Better than my house. How do, how do we, I just, I mean, I see in the pictures here, that's an air-conditioned structure. I mean, this is a, a very fancy shed, or I, is, is shed really the appropriate term for that structure? Um, there have been different designations for this structure. Uh, I, we don't have a building permit on it yet, so I can't quite go into the details. There is electricity to the structure. One, one question, and maybe that picture does it. <coughs> Where the rock is, is that the, you know, the, the, their property or is that the adjacent neighbor's property? What's you know, from, from this angle. That's the property. This is looking northeast, so the east property line. Is right in back of it. Yeah, it's, this is the east property line moving this way. Okay, so, because I see, you know, it drops off there, and so it's a foot that way where the other little, whatever that building, the well house or whatever, I guess I don't know what that. If you if you go to the slide right before this one, and go back one slide, it will show the other side of the shed, which almost looks like a, a different building because of the siding. But so there's the opposite side of the shed. So, property line. So the the property line going down. I mean, the if they move the shed down the hill. I think the or, better. To the side, I guess, if that if this is the other property. I, I'm going to try to get to the, I think the site plan might help a little. Um, okay, here we go. So this is the bar, or the shed right here, which we were just looking at. This is what I think you're talking about where it's sloping down a little bit there. Okay, but if the shed was just moved to the left from where it is. Right, exactly. There is uh, I mean, it, where it says building right there, if, if it moved over there, it's going to be on the same slope as it was on the other right. It would be on the same slope, but that is actually graded right here, and this is flattened. So you could actually move the structure in that direction without it being an issue. I guess in looking at it, where the barn is, where it says 12 feet, if it just shifted on the fence line over, is that, you know, it doesn't drop off there? Is it the same thing with the barn where it says 8 feet? It's the same thing, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. And see, let's uh, get clarification on it, because the previous picture that showed, uh, I think, the front of the building. Now the other side, yeah. Now that looks like that's a pretty steep slope there. Yeah. So they couldn't move. Uh, they, they'd have trouble building on that unless they, uh, wouldn't they? This is this part here. 
if they were to move it to the south, that's where, you know, this is where there's the slope. This is the east property line here. But in this direction, it's graded and it's flat. That's so, what just move it away. From so, it. yeah, if you, you, could, you could actually move it yeah. further that way. Which way? Which way? To the now? west, in the west direction. So, if here's the corner of the property here, or the structure, you could move it that way because this area is graded and flat. And, and that would give him 30 feet? It might not give him 30 feet, but it would give him a little bit more room from the, from the east property line. Part of the issue with, part of the issue that the zoning administrator had was that one foot from the property line is not the minimum departure from code regulations. Uh, so it, it, he may have better, had better grounds if he were to move it basically as far away from that property line as possible. And there is more room over here. So the question was really, you know, why wasn't it built further away from the property line? Yeah, but we're looking at special circumstances here, right? Yeah. But the, the finding from the zoning administrator was that there aren't special, circum, there aren't special circumstances that would justify not having the building further over here and because there's another area on the property that's buildable on the um, northwest corner of the property where he could have constructed it instead of uh, one foot from the property line. So the building administrator's opinion would be that even moving the shed onto this flatter area would not uh, represent special circumstances. Am I hearing that right? No, it's it's basically that would have been an option. So there isn't a necessity to put it one foot from the property line because it could have been, say, moved over here and let's say it was eight feet from the property line. And so it, the zoning administrator then would... Uh... He might not approve it, but it would have been better. It would be better grounds because it wouldn't be as close to, I mean... One foot is just not the minimum departure from what's required, which is 30 feet. So at least if it were eight feet further to the west, I mean, that would be more likely to be approved, basically. I mean, it would be up to the zoning administrator, but it certainly would be a, a better, you know, a better situation than what it is right now. But we're looking at the barn as being in violation too, right, which is eight feet from the property line? That's right. And so uh, it seems like either 30 feet is 30 feet or is 8 feet okay. Is that the question? It's based on what the zoning administrator decided. Well, I mean, what he for us, I mean. Maybe I can jump in here and clarify a little. Remember, what you have right now in front of you is an appeal of a denial of the zoning administrator of a, var a variance request for, I believe, three different, mm -hmm. uh, two structures and one enclosure. What the commission needs to look at and consider in this matter is based on what the appellant provides. Is there, in fact, special circumstances to justify overturning the zoning administrator's decision? Now, within that, your consideration, uh, you should be looking at the evidence in front of the zoning administrator, the rationale for the zoning administrator's decision. Uh, as Melanie has pointed out, one of the, the issues, and this commission has heard some controversial variances, the first prong of a finding for a variance is are there special circumstances? 
topographical, uh, de dealing with the property. And I would venture to state that what the zoning administrator and what Melanie has presented right now is contradictory to that if in fact there are other buildable areas on the property. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't other special circumstances that the appellate can provide you which would uh, persuade this planning commission that this variance could be uh, granted. But what your charge is not to do is to decide, yeah, it could be moved over here and maybe if he moves it two feet or three feet, then it's okay. That's not in front of this commission right now. What's in front of the commission is a request for a variance, an appeal of denial, but a request for a variance to allow the structures which were illegally constructed without a building permit and code enforcement to remain in their current positions. So that's what you need to focus on is are there special circumstances for the current locations? Is it a minimum departure from the zoning code? Would it be a grant of special circumstances? And when the time comes, we can walk through each one of the findings if, if that's uh, where the commission decides it's going to go. But I just wanted to focus you on what you're looking at in terms of this appeal. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Karen. I, I know for me, just sort of asking the questions, I know it sort of sounds like we're trying to place. In my mind, if, if it could have been moved back, say, 25 feet, and it was, then, then maybe even though there's a location on another portion of the property, I, you know, it just gives me a feeling for, for where it is and, and what's going on. And I definitely think that's, um, don't misunderstand me, I think that is a valid exercise of the commission because it does go to the uh, deliberation on special circumstances. Could it have been moved? We don't know if it would have been approved, and that's really irrelevant at this point in time. Yeah, it's just but that, that question is very relevant. Yeah. Okay. Any, any other Melanie, did you say that shed had electricity in it? Yes. Okay, thank you. Okay, if, if that's it, if the appellant would like to get up and... Thank you. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Daryl Rogers. I'm the owner of this uh, project. Um, I have a PowerPoint that I provided yesterday. I don't know how they're, they want me to go about it, but while they're setting it up. Um, I think this gentleman right here will already. be able to assist you. As he's doing that, um, I'm prepared to answer everything that was in the report, but I would like to address something that just came up first time, and it's not going to be in the presentation because it, it, to me, is a big deal, although it doesn't affect what um, the county council was saying you're supposed to review. The statement was just made for the first time after two different hearings and now this appeal that I was told to stop building and kept going. That is the first time I have ever heard that complaint. I am more than willing to show Google Earth map images and to show the complaint date and a Google Earth map that would show the building there. At no time did I continue to build after being told not to. When, I, when they came out was well after this, this structure was built. And so I want to be very clear with that. You know, I, I guess I'd like to ask a question on that because, mm -hmm. you know, whether you were told to stop building or not, uh, when you were building, when you were actually under construction, were you made aware that you were uh, close, close uh, you know, within the variance area, within the uh, setback. setback area? Were you no, made aware of that? No, and I'll show actually how, and I can prove that. So, so, uh, 
when did you become aware that you were building your structure within an area that was a setback? First, I was made aware that it needed a permit. I wasn't even aware it needed a permit. So when they said you need a permit, I went right down and I filed for the permit. And at that time, they came out and they said, well, we can't do this permit unless we give you a variance because you're within the setbacks. And you were still under construction at that time? No, that was, this place was built. It was completed? Yes. The only thing that wasn't completed is because I know it's been mentioned, was electrical. I never supplied this building with electrical. When I was told to go get a permit, because I didn't know I was going to have to do it, I went to the county counter here, went through the process, and I had to provide as-built letters from the people that built it to say that it was done to code. And the person at the front said, where's your electrical? And I said, it doesn't have electrical. And he said, well, why would you apply for a permit if it doesn't have electrical? And I said, I'm not sure what you mean. I didn't even know I was going to need a permit. I'm just following the instructions I've been told now. And he said, well, if you're going to get a permit, you might as well put electrical in. So I had four lights put in there. And that, you saw, there's like an air conditioning unit in the back. I had those installed as I was applying for the permit when the person at the front desk said, you might as well get electrical. This building was never meant to have electrical. It didn't when it was completed. And it actually mirrors what I'm about to show you. This structure. But at that, but at that time, you did know that you had built the structure within the, very, within the setback? At that point, yes, I did. Okay, so you were still sort of under construction. You were still doing things. Well, I had them put lights on it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> just, um, just as a basis of understanding, we were told that you're in the real estate business. Correct. And that's correct. So you're not aware that there are setbacks on properties and that you need permits for certain structures? So for certain, we are, but if you actually read the California Residential Purchase Agreement, there's an entire paragraph that states very clearly it has nothing to do with our testing for real estate license. We are not asked to know permits. We're not asked to know setbacks. We have no knowledge. And in fact, what I, I can show is that my house that was approved and built all final to code in 2005 is only seven feet from the line. And I did not need a variance for my house. So for my knowledge, no, I had no knowledge. I mean, if they, if they hadn't told me on my house that I needed a variance and it went through and it is not 30 feet and anyone is more than willing to come out and look at it. So... I found a lot of inconsistencies as to what needs a variance, and as you mentioned, Mr. Johnson, what needs a permit. And so I, I was, and I'm learning a lot through this process. I now know a lot more than I did. I, I, I guess, is a, you know, you've been in real estate for a while, it appears, and I'm sure you've sold properties that maybe had inconsistencies and stuff and so you know in the disclosures and everything that you know this property might not conform mm -hmm. to current building code standards and all this and after that I I guess my question is or you I would think would be astute enough after selling a lot of properties and stuff <clears throat> when it came to your own properties understand very well the due diligence of looking at be it setbacks even if you didn't know what set setbacks were and stuff that everything dealing with the property that you purchased that you were going to construct on that you would do everything in your power to make sure that everything was in conformance and if something you couldn't conform to that you would you know start the process ahead of, of building uh, and i if guess i'm I understand where you're coming from. If I, but I'm going to show if I had a reason to believe there was a problem. Like I said, I have a house that's, that's seven, eight feet. 
and never brought up an issue. I've found out since in talking to Ms. Jackson that apparently many years ago they were 15 feet and they got moved to 30 feet. I'd also like to show you this, this structure right here. I built, I, sorry, I bought my house in 1997. I lived in Newcastle for going on 18 years. When I bought my house, that they're calling a shed, I called it an ag building. The reason I called it an ag building, that was there. There were no permits for that, okay? Is that, is that the one on the property line? No, this is, this is years ago. Okay. Okay, because basically this, this is a story of what I did and, and okay. what my intent was. If you look, there's a door, there's a window, and there's a one-car garage. Very similar. This is actually about 150 square feet larger than the current shed that I built. Okay? I went and built a second unit for my mom. I got all my permits. I went down, and we determined that the best place, based on setbacks for a second dwelling, okay, was going to be where this shed was. So I had to demolish this shed and build the second, my in-laws' quarters right there. Excuse me, when was that? What year was that that you built uh, the residence? I don't want to say and be off. I, I believe we built my mom's house, I want to say like 2011-ish, 2010, right in there. Um, I can't get, I could go find it out and give you exact. Yeah, but we have some here that says. But, but Daryl, this one was a permitted. No. I mean, when you built it for your mom? Oh, but this isn't my mom's. Yes, I, I built my mom's dwelling all according to the rules. Oh, okay. okay. But you tore this down and didn't but, think about it. But that it. part brings it. So I went, we found out this is the place we're going to build my mom's house, where this ag building was. I went to the counter. I said, do I need a demo permit? Because we found this is the spot. I got all my plans approved to build the second dwelling. The person at the front is the person who gave me that name, ag dwelling. The shed moniker has come from the county. They said, does it have electrical? This building did not. And I said, no. They looked in the records. They said, we don't even have a permit for it. I don't know that you need a demo permit. And I said, I want to make sure. They said, just demo it, build your mom's. So I did that. My whole point to that is that I needed to replace this building. It's used for, my wife runs the Placer County 4-H Horse Division and the Del Oro High School Equestrian Team. Okay? And we let girls store their horses and tack for those of them who don't have homes that have that ability. Only two, we have two stalls. So we replaced this and I moved it up the hill. I make that point because I'll show you in, in Google Earth images that this thought of I was doing it with wanton disregard. As inspectors were coming and inspecting the second dwelling, I used the same framers and roofers <coughs> in, because it was cheaper. So they were building, rebuilding this unit up top at the same time they were building my mom's house. So the inspector, even on one occasion, the framer was actually at the shed and the inspector had to go inside the shed and get him to come down and sign off. At no time did he say, hey, stop this, what are you doing? I was not building with wanton disregard. I was replacing an unpermitted ag building with another unpermitted ag building. Okay, so that's very clear. The barn of what they're calling the barn now, which I'll show you pictures of, is two stalls, corrugated metal, the, the kits. It's not permanently affixed. It's the type, you know, you can grade out, you pound stakes to put it in, but it's a metal kit barn, and it has a hay room on the end. That replaced old stalls, but the horses and the stalls, the, what they're calling the barn now, was there long before this whole thing took place, 
it was there before one of my neighbors, Mr. Caton, had moved in. I had had the horses. And that, so that came in later. Why all of a sudden the barn became an issue, I'm still at a loss. Um, you asked for overheads. It's kind of hard to see in this one. I don't know where that. I go like this. So you can kind of see the shadow right there of the original stalls, okay? I also want to show that, in, and I'll show you another too. That's a pretty large barn you'll see in comparison to the size of mine. That is my neighbor's barn, or whatever you want to call it, shed. It's not permitted. It's on a permanent foundation. It not only has electrical, it has plumbing. And it's never been permitted, but it doesn't look like a living structure to me. Another reason why I didn't think something one quarter the size of this would need a permit as well. This is a more up-to-date photo. Okay? The neighbor on this side, who cannot see my structure and will come up here today and say whatever things, I don't think they're relevant to the point, she has one, two other structures, which they would call barn. This houses, I believe, 10 to 15 goats. This is a two-stall horse thing, just like mine, although hers is made out of wood, not metal. Neither of those permitted. So I've got them on both sides. This is where mine is, the structure, okay? To look at what you had mentioned, could it have been moved this way? Right here is the well house. There's my main house. That's where the water lines go. I did not want to pour a foundation over the top of the water lines. That's the reason why it didn't come out this way. Okay? But it has never been mentioned to go there. Mr. Uh, Rosasco has never said that. He is denied the variance based on the fact that he said there are not special privileges because you have an alternate building space right over there. Okay? That is the only place he has located and said, yes, you could build it there, and I'm disagreeing with that. The, the staff, who's the only group who's actually been to the property, not everybody over there, but people who have physically been there and walked it with me, they approved this. They did see special circumstances. They did not see another area that we could do this without a variance. Let me see. Uh, on that other area, I did drive to the end of the road and look up. Okay. And it looks like it's been uh, graded. And so... Uh, Anyway, I guess my question is, uh, what, what in your opinion makes that not suitable? I actually put a video together to show you, but again, and, and I'll, I'll answer the question quickly. It would also require a variance. In addition to requiring a variance, it would require the cutting down of three oak trees, all more than five feet in diameter, large oak trees, which I'm not for doing. I, know, I don't know if it's part of the rule that if I could build something in a place where I don't have to cut down oak trees, I think it's better. And then I don't know if this plays into your opinion, and, and I'm not trying to create arguments. My neighbor on that side is here today, has filed over 400 animal control complaints against me and not one one. She has filed, every time I do a burn pile, she calls environmental health for the smoke. To be honest, I didn't want to build one over on that side. Well, this area is already graded, it looks like. Somebody Just as the other area was, but it would require a variance as well and the cutting down of oak trees. If it's graded, it would require the cutting down. Yeah, I'll actually, you'll have to see the, the oak trees come off the hill, and they're like that, and you'll actually see them in the, in the video. Um, so the other issue, the staff recommended this. All issues that were raised by Mr. Zasko are based on no visits to the property, and a very important statement, they're in every one of his answers on his staff report to you, which is there is an alternate building site that would not require a variance. If that can be proven, 
I will move it. I have no problem with that, okay? I know that can't happen, and that's my main issue. I don't want to get denied based on another place I could build it and then have to pay $700 for a variance for a place that Mr. Zasko said I wouldn't need one. And I already know, now that I've measured it, that I would need one in that location. And then the special privileges. There's also a new thing that was brought up. It was never brought up before. The staff recommended, they said, there is no detrimental value as far as environmental, fire safety uh, views or anything like that. Then all of a sudden that was brought up for the first time that there was now, and I would like to address that as well. This shows you my actual parcel map. It's, this is from the county, they gave me a topo map, okay? It's kind of hard because, as you know, they're not accurate. That red line should actually be over about a centimeter because you can see my neighbor's modular manufactured homes look like they're on my property. They're where's not. Where's the road? Where's the road coming into your property? It's right. It's kind of hard to see, but it comes right. It comes down through there because I came right up to your. I came right up to the end of that driveway this morning. Okay. After I found your street, wandering up and down. <laughs> up and road. down Taylor. Uh, I finally found uh, the one to go in there. I just wanted to make sure that I was oriented myself right. Yeah. Your house is the one on the right, correct? This is my house. And the other this house? Is, that's my mom's in-laws quarters. Is that permanent. the one that you said is, is, is too close to property line too? No, this is totally within all okay. requirements, everything final and everything. Okay. Well, isn't that uh, horse, uh, what do you call it, training area, isn't that on your property? No, it's not. It's been mentioned by one of my neighbors that it is, and it is not. It's not. I built it. The previous person who lived there, uh, she had horses. Unfortunately, her husband uh, came down with terminal cancer. We made a deal. I said, I will do all the materials and build on your spot, the arena. We'd like to use it. You can use it. And that was a deal she made. It's now a totally new neighbor who I'm also friends with. I actually did represent him, and I let him know where the property line is, that there was a, a discrepancy where the property line, but that it was actually his, and I had built it, and we just use it. And we're good friends. He doesn't care. But that neighbor keeps saying that this is where I could build. This line should be over right about there. Because this whole thing should be shifted about a centimeter to make it exactly accurate where our lines are. Mm -hmm. I got this topo map from the county. You see, this it's hard to see. That says 720, 700, 680, 660, basically showing you that there's a 100-foot drop from there to there. This whole property goes downhill as a slope, okay? There are some graded areas, but for the most part, this area up here, which I'll show you, which is the area Mr. Zasko has designated as the alternate building site, which could possibly be the only other place, still would require a variance and still would require me to put something not only within five feet of a property line, but this gentleman at the top, he, does, he hasn't, shown up here, he has no problems with this, but he has an easement. If you come up, there's an easement road that goes to his property. And so I would have to also not only be set back from the property line, I have to make sure I'm off of his easement and not cover his access to his gate up there as well. So and there's I, not a current road there? What's that? There's not a current road there? There is like a dirt road and there is a gate. It's no, it's like a country road. It's not like That's not your property? Yes, it actually runs right up the side of my mom's house here. And anyone can come out and see that. The alternate building site, again, is right up in this area. I don't know how to do this on. This is actually a video to show it. Do you know how where the tech guy is to start the video? 
<laughs> okay. Again, I've asked Mr. Rosasco to come out to the site. What I show in the video as I walk, you can see the slope behind my mom's house. Then there is a graded area, okay? And in the next thing, I, I laid out a tape from the edge of the rock outcrop, you can see how the edge of the hill comes down, and I ran that tape across, and I actually held up the tape measure so you could see the distance, okay? And that padded area, the widest portion, and you can see the tree limbs coming down, okay? because they actually come out over that space. That widest area is about 38 feet across. The setbacks are 30. So again, I would, if I did build the same building there, I could come in three to four feet on one side. I believe I'd have to come in even farther because if you actually look where the ledge is on the other side, they don't let you build right on the ledge. They're gonna make you move it into where it's more sound. So I'm gonna be asking for a three foot variance at the very <coughs> least on this portion. And I'd have to cut down those trees. I'm sorry, I can't show you the trees right now. There is a video that shows them. I have been willing, I've said, Mr. Zasko, come out, because what I'd ask, if you will stake this area and say, move it here, I don't want to. It costs a lot of money to dismantle something and rebuild it. But if that's where it comes down to, if that's the rule, that's fine. But I know I can't put it there without a variance. And that is black and white. It's a special privilege then. There is not a spot on my property that he could say build here without a variance. It just would not work. If you look at the special privileges provision, it says I have to be able to enjoy my property the same way everybody else does around me with similar zoning. That's what the law states. And it states as long as I have special privileges, topography, leach fields, creeks, ponds, that prohibit me from enjoying those same privileges that my neighbors do, then I should be granted a variance. I think it's important to note this set of buildings that my neighbor has right on the property line were all granted variances by Mr. Rosasco to be within the setback. He has 10 acres. Look at all this space. That does upset me that he can look at my little space and say, you could have built it right here on this little 35 to 40 foot spot, but he couldn't have put his modular homes anywhere here. He determined that, yes, he should be getting a variance and he should be able to build those, but not on mine. Again, over here, the two barns, not requiring permits, mine is. You brought the point up, what does require a permit? To be honest, Mr. Johnson, I've asked They've gone through this not permanently affixed, sort of this size. I honestly still do not know, as a real estate agent as well, I couldn't tell you. I know living dwellings that have electrical or plumbing need them. Outside of that, if you look at, you'll look at the pictures, okay, it's very similar. It's actually smaller in width than the previous ag building that was on my property without permits and without electrical. If they want me to take out electrical, I'll take it out. He's saying this could be a detrimental value to the fire safety or the views of the area. He's saying that's not a detrimental value. That's right on the property line as well. That's my neighbor's red barn that has no permits and has a bathroom in it. Okay, that is right behind my structure. This is the two stall with a hay room on the end, what they're calling barn, that was there long before any of this came up. It's only now been thrown into the picture 
because when they came out to do the, the shed part, they also saw this and said, well, that's also in a bad place. It's not a permanent structure. I would like it to be. It's a, it's a hassle to move them. But each one of those pillars, you, you drive stakes into the ground, and then you anchor them like that. They're panels that you buy, and then you attach with those metal couplings. So yes, I could take this. But if he allows me and says you can move the shed to that other location, there is zero locations for that then, because you're talking about two different. And this one's eight feet from there. There is a, a detrimental value that was brought up at the last hearing. It's the first time it was brought up. It was never called to me by my neighbor until the hearing, and that was he said, I have a huge problem with the flies. That was the first time I heard that. Since that day, and if you ask him, he'll have to admit to it whether he likes this or not, I removed both horses. I told the 4-H girls we could not have the horses there over this time period. I've hired an independent consultant from a company called Fly Predators. He's coming in. He is attaching different units that will make sure that's not an issue. I do not believe that he should have to deal with flies from horses. I do not want to cause problems for the neighbors at all. That is not fair. And the minute I found out about it, I addressed it. There are no horses currently there, and until I get the fly issue taken care of, I will not put them back in there. And that's the only thing that's been brought up as a detrimental value. And the shade in that picture, is that the, is that the shed? The shade in the picture? The shade, yes, it is. Okay. This, again, it's hard to see, but all of this crowded tree area is a modular home right on the property line that was approved by Mr. Rosasco for my neighbor. So he's saying that's not an environmental detriment, but my building is. I just don't feel like I'm being graded on the same terms that they are. Now, at the end of the day, I just show this picture. A lot of the girls wanted to come here, but they're obviously in school. This is the first year of the Del Oro equestrian team. They have 33 girls. Many of them can't afford to, to board a horse somewhere. We don't board them long term. We give them times and opportunities to do that. The inside of the shed, if anybody comes look, is painted. They, all the girls painted it. It was painted with a chalkboard paint so that they can do lessons in there. They have farriers come out. They have the Lumen Space and Vet Clinic, and they're able to have a good experience. I don't want to cause problems for anybody. If I am asked by the commission to deny this and move it, okay, I'll abide by that, but I would at least like with that the location I need to move it to because I don't believe there exists a part on my property that it can be built without a variance. And I'm more than willing to walk the property with any member of the staff for them to show me where that place is. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, good morning, members of the commission. I'm Robert Gonzalez. I represent Robert and Marilyn Caton, who own the adjacent parcel to Mr. Rogers. Uh, you know, having sat through this, I've been involved in this for quite a while as well and have sent correspondence. Uh, to the Planning Commission when my client notified me there was an issue with respect to uh, a neighbor building some structures that encroached on his property lines. Uh, you know, I appreciate Mr. Rogers' concern about this, but uh, this situation or this matter is uh, more of one about uh, begging for forgiveness and asking for permission. I, I really find it hard to believe. I I'm baffled and perplexed. Uh, by Mr. Rogers' statement that he was unaware of needing a variance. Uh, you know, he's a seasoned real estate agent or realtor. I believe he's worked for Keller Williams for a long time. I don't know if he still does. But as we all know, and county council can appreciate this, uh, you know, ignorance of the law is an excuse. Uh, he did state to the council or the uh, commission a moment ago that uh, 
uh, I know I can't build there without a variance uh, with respect to the other side of the property where his in-laws quarters are. Um, if he knew that or knows that, why wouldn't he know that he needed a variance where he's going to be building a structure roughly 12 inches from the property line of the neighbor? So we take some concern and issue with that. Uh, you know, the bottom line here is that in order for a variance to be issued, there have to be special circumstances. Uh, this has been elucidated very clearly by county council. Uh, you know, the first test is, are there special circumstances based on topography? Uh, it, it seems pretty clear that the answer is no. There are other places for him to build. Uh, he's not being graded or treated differently than anybody else. Uh, my neighbors would not, uh, if they were in similar circumstances, build a structure within one foot from the property line, especially if you're going to have horses there, uh, you know, without doing the proper due diligence, resourceful diligence, looking into it, especially as a realtor. I, I mean, it, to me, that's simply inexcusable. It's as though you're circumventing the system, uh, hoping to get away with it, and then dealing with the consequences later, which is why I feel we're here. Uh, the second issue is, you know, is this a departure from zoning codes? Yes, it's not a minimum de departure in any way. It encroaches on my client's setback. There's a 30-foot utility easement as well. I believe PG&E lines run through there. Uh, and that raises a significant issue. <clears throat> I can't help but feel that Mr. Rogers is indifferent uh, to the zoning laws of this county. Uh, you know, he'd previously built his pool, and if I'm not mistaken, obtained a variance for that. And I believe he built the pool first and then requested a, vari a variance subsequent to that. So. Uh, I think we're essentially looking at a situation where there's a pattern of this type of behavior. And I think it's quite certain from his own statements that he's well aware as a realtor of what he could and could not do and what he should and should not do. And it seems to be more a matter of, you know, whether he knew or not, he should have known. And the fly issue, you know, my clients are appreciative of Mr. Rogers' recent phone call on this Sunday to address the issue of the flies, but you know that doesn't remedy the issue they've had for the last two and a half years. My client did indeed notify his family if they could do something about the fly issue. It's really very close to their patio. They can't enjoy, the use and enjoyment of their property essentially has been impeded by this, and they've asked them to take care of it. It, it essentially just went ignored, and they can't have you know eating outside or having breakfast outside, which is something they used to do. They can't. You've got, you know, horse excrement or manure that's attracting flies. Uh, I don't know how well fly abatement can actually be instituted or implemented in this area and whether that would even be effective. But, you know, our request would be that the current denial of the variance be upheld. Uh, there's no reason for these structures to be allowed to remain in their current state. They should never have been built to begin with. And uh, if there is, in my opinion, whether there is or not another suitable location for them, um, the bottom line is that they shouldn't be there anyway. If there is a place for them to be moved to, then that's fine. But we would request that the, the variance be denied. And you know, irrespective of whether or not there's a suitable alternative on Mr. Rogers' property for their placement. Let me say I have a question. You mentioned uh, the fly issue being a two and a half year issue. Correct. 
Was that when uh, your clients moved in, or have they lived there longer? Um, and so is that implying that the barn wasn't there before two and a half years ago? The barn was about two years ago. That was when that was the built? Barn was about two years ago, yes. Okay. Mr. Chairman? Go um, I just want to make sure that I'm on the right track here with what council told us. We're basically trying to decide whether the zoning administrator was correct in his assertion that there was another place to build and, and, and whether we're going to uphold that or not. And well, it's real easy. In fact, I found myself scribbling notes as, as Mr. Rogers was talking and that to get into the did he know or should he have known or what he knew really doesn't make any difference. It's, it's, it's a tangent we can get on that will eat up a lot of time and doesn't really keep us on track as to what we're, we're trying to accomplish. Um, and I just would, would hope we can maybe just kind of keep focused on on, this on, on the, the task at hand and, and it would be, like I say, it's very easy to get into the, the what should have been known and what kind of knowledge was or wasn't there, but it really at this point doesn't make any difference from what I understand we're, we're tasked with dealing right. with. Uh, Mr. Chair, could I ask that we have Melanie come back up and talk to Mr. Rogers stating that there is not a buildable area that's with, that without a barrier. still standing there. Pardon? Well, he's still standing there. Well, he needs to sit down and we have to <laughs> yeah. Can I ask a question? Does it make sure. any difference at all if there's another place to move this shed? Does it, is it relevant at all? Yeah. And if so, why? Yes, Melanie. Yes, it is relevant. To? It's relevant to whether or not there's special circumstances on the property. Well, if there's special circumstances, I mean, if the <clears throat> property is as it lays right now and it was determined that uh, <clears throat> there's not enough room to build the shed, then the shed should have been built in the first place anyway. So I'm not sure why moving it has any difference. I, I think I'm concurring with what Jeffrey's talking about, is we're talking about something that makes no difference to this decision. Is that correct? Jeff, is that or my I mean, as far as what he knew or what he knew or, or whether it's eight feet or, or, or Three. five feet or six inches. Right. We're, we're deciding, did, did the zoning administrator act properly in, in denying this application? Correct. Are, are we discussing now, or are we still yes. having some testimony coming? We're, we're having testimony come up, but he's just... Okay. 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 Melanie, go ahead. Yeah, what, what would you like me to address? Well, it was more, I guess, the, the relocation for the barn and the shed. Does he have an alternative is, to, to is grant him the special circumstances? Yes, let me. And he's saying no, he's, he's taking issue with you. That's right. And I'll, I'd, I'd like to point to the maps that were given to you prior to this hearing. We have two site plans that were turned in by Mr. Rogers, both of which circle that same area. And one says pad, the other says ag building. And that is the same area that the zoning administrator was pointed, pointing out as a buildable area. So what we had turned in is consistent with what the zoning administrator found. Did you walk this property, Melanie? I did. Are, are the trees in that padded area where you say move it, 
move it to that location? Are there trees and stuff where it would affect setbacks from adjoining properties? I don't think so. I can't tell exactly where the property line is, but I can tell you that there's buildable area there that's unlikely to need a variance. It's, it's a pretty large pad, isn't it, that's been graded at some point in time for some purpose? That's right. I think I've run out of batteries. Ken? I don't know what, I, I mean, seriously, there's no batteries. I have a question when I, okay. my turn. Oh. Yeah. Okay, at this time, Larry has a, a question. Go ahead. Well, yeah. I guess while well, we have the two staff people up there, EJ, too, <clears throat> one thing that's a little bit bothersome to me is that so often in variance applications, we tend to look at if the person is being denied the use of their property that other people have been able to do. And it's obvious here that the neighbors here are, have also got some egg on their face, so to speak. I guess what I'm trying to get at is <clears throat> you would have to make the finding in order to approve this almost, at least in my mind, that, that he is being denied the use of his property that his neighbors are enjoying. Is that a fair comment? Yes. Why? But it's a fact. Let, let me break this down for you again, and, and you may want to defer this to hear any more public testimony first. Um, and I might suggest that because then I think what we could do is step back and go through what the evidentiary okay. requirements are for <clears throat> one, to, gr to grant or deny the appeal. And then you get to your second issue of uh, if, obviously, if you're denying the appeal, you're probably up, you're upholding the zoning. In other words, there are several procedural steps, and I think it merits going through that on the record. I'm you, you, you want to do that first or finish or, testimony? Yeah, if you want to finish testimony yeah, first. Yeah, because I know it's your choice. there are one or two other people that want to speak. Thank you, Ken. You get ignored down here in the end. <laughs> Melanie, we'll we'll let the people in the public speak now, and then Got it. that way when we get into the next next stage here. Okay, go ahead. It's it's your turn. Please state your name. I'm Jeannie Fritz. I'm the one with the two barns and the 400 whatever he said uh, about animal control and whatever. Uh, I doubt there's that many, but uh, and it's all because his dogs have been off the property or they've been building against my property line or various things. Um, the first question I would have is, has anybody confirmed that the so-called surveyor is legitimate? Because I have big red flags going up at my end. Um, I have called on this uh, company. He said he's a subcontractor to a company, Guile Engineering, who is in Wisconsin. I have no idea what that has to do with California. Ken Guile? <laughs> um, I have called uh, someone at the 
contractor's board and he said he's going to call the state and get back to me. He hasn't yet. But uh, he said it, it would put up red flags for me too. So he, they, they were ordered to get a survey done to um, confirm property lines. I don't think that's been happening yet. And that's what all this is about. So to me, that's your first step. Uh, maybe an independent contractor? I don't know. But the one that he uses, I don't think this will hold up. Okay, well, right. Because if That's the property lines for, from that survey is what you guys are going by, I think that's, that's, a different that's an issue. Yeah, that's a different And he had his propane tank for his mother put six inches from my fence line. I didn't call Daryl. I called the, the propane company. I said, you realize that that's illegal. They moved it, well, I don't know, within 24, 48 hours. I didn't have to call Daryl, whether he knew it or not. Nobody puts propane tanks up against a fence line. Oh, okay, well, our... our I understand. We're still talking line. property I, lines, I though. That's what I'm saying. So, um, whatever you're going to... Everything's hinged on the property lines, as I see it, plus the fact that he's done this a number of times without regard for any of our laws. So, that's really my... Okay, go ahead, you can... Well, I, I bought this property five years ago. Uh, my name is Bob uh, your Caton. Your name for the record, please. Pardon me? Your name for the record. Oh, my name is Bob Caton, Robert Caton. Um, I'm the owner of the uh, property next to Rogers. Um, I bought this property five years ago. Um, as far as I know and as far as the paperwork I've gotten through the county, everything that I have shows that all of my buildings are legal. And, and, I, and permitted. My setbacks, there was a variance um, that was applied for and accepted for the, the, the modular that I'm in. It's true, it doesn't have a 30-foot setback. It's got an 18-foot setback. But like I say, the, the variance was uh, uh, asked for and uh, given. So uh, I just wanted to clear the air with that. Um, my my setback on my house here this eighteen feet I think so, so all sure. your buildings are eighteen feet or greater yeah I, as far as I know yes I haven't measured my shop but I mean the shop was built previous to um, my house I do know that uh, that was speaking to the previous property owner the property owner that I bought it from um, any other history other than that I'm really not sure what's what on that property so but you know if I if if I'm in violation of anything I would sure straighten it up clear it up but as far as I know I'm legal all the way th with everything so as I just wanted to add that so. let me see uh, just maybe uh, I think it's your complaint about the horse yes the well I was complaining about the the whole setup uh, you know Mr. Rogers states that he didn't know that he was in violation of that setback. Well, he may not have, but the day he was pouring concrete, um, I was expecting some gravel from my, from my road. Um, I heard a truck down, I thought it was the lower part of the property, and I went down to check it out, and it was a concrete truck that was backing up to the fence on his side. And forms were set up, and they were getting ready to pour. 
And I went out and I said, whoa, 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 you know, you guys are inside the setback. There's a, there's a setback law that you have to, have to follow. I didn't speak to Mr. Rogers, but it was his crew that was doing the work. And um, so they stopped. They held off for a little while. Um, and, and later that day, I spoke to, I can't remember, if, I think it was one of the members of the crew, um, that they had went ahead and poured the slab. And, um, and I was told that Mr. Rogers was going to take care of it later. So I... He was going to what? Uh, he, Mr. Rogers said that he was going to take care of it later. My concern is, one of my concerns is, my property is 10 acres, and I can split it into four parcels. I bought that property to leave my kids something, and I can split that property, like I said, into four parcels and give each one of my kid, uh, to my kids. And I really don't want to uh, really have anything to devaluate the, the uh, value of that property um, if I could prevent it. And I sure would not, I sure would hope that my neighbors would see it the same thing, same way because I would not try to devalue their property in any way. So. Do you have horses? No. Okay. No, I have no horse. I, I don't have any livestock at all. Any questions? No. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Just a quick question, and then you should never allow this. I am Jeannie Fritz again, and my question is, can any homeowner, if they know someone or not, encroach on their property and not have it recorded with the county as they're using it? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure I understand the, the question. Yeah, I... If the people that are currently there now, something happens as life does, and they have to move and sell the place, then what? He's already using the, some of the property, as he was before these people moved in. Then what? Some of what property? Some of the property from the arena that he said he's friends with this guy, so they're using, he's using it. They have no problem well, with if it. You're, if your question is, if a neighbor allows somebody to use their property, they, mm -hmm. they can use it, and then when it sells, it's up to the new owner to decide if they can. Right. Yeah, it's and unless they know that it's not their property. Well, I, I can give a brief answer to that. There's always two layers involving uh, setbacks and encroachments. One is the zoning code requirements for setbacks. The other is in the private property rights arena as to whether uh, property lines are being encroached on and whether there are easements for that or whether those parties elect to exercise their rights in court to um, either perfect or, or prevent that sort of encroachment. But that's not an issue that the county gets involved in. Oh, okay, I'll give you just a minute to rebuttal. Mr. Chair, you might want to just double check that there's no other members of the public that want to speak before you hear the rebuttal from the appellant. Okay. Is, is there anybody else? Seeing none. I, I don't want to be long. I just I agree with Mr. Moss was asking what all these other things we can argue all day and I can prove that I never built a pool and we can go on and on. It wouldn't matter. Um, I think it goes back to Mr. Gray. Your comment was does it matter if there's an alternate building place? What I've been told and what I read in the report is it absolutely does matter because 
you made the comment, well, then it, it doesn't get built. My understanding, and I may be incorrect, but in reading the rules, and the staff can you know, answer this, is that if the size, space, topography, ponds, creeks of my property prohibit me from building something that my neighboring properties can build, then I should be allowed to build that with a variance. That's where I have to apply for it. But if there is another location on the property that I could do it without a variance, I need to build it there. I cannot go get a variance somewhere else. So the, the sole issue in front of you is, is there another place on the property that I could build it without a variance? Ms. Jackson has stated there is. I disagree with that. I, I, we can go back and forth, but my only issue then, if, the, if you go on her uh, admission that it's, it's buildable, or Mr. Rosasco's that you could build it there, then I just ask that be in the record and that I not have to pay $700 for a variance because I know under oath that that location will need a variance. So I, I just want to get out of all the red tape. If, if that's the reason it gets denied, fine, let me move it to that other location. Don't make me jump through that hoop and pay more money when she just stated it wouldn't require a variance. So that's it. Thank you. Okay, okay. we'll close it off to the public and come back for discussion with staff. I, I wonder if I could just um, try and summarize the law and the principles and, behind what's in front of the commission, for the commission. What I want to do is I want to actually back up. Um, as is in the staff report, this is a code enforcement matter. And this commission has seen code enforcement matters come up before where one of the potential resolutions of that code violation is an application for a variance for the setbacks. There is never a guarantee that that variance will be granted. It's an option open to the owner. The other owner is, uh, the other options are move the building or take the building down and not replace it. So that's where we started from here. Now, that request went to the zoning administrator. A variance is a, what's referred to as a quasi-judicial quasi matter, which means the zoning administrator has to base his decision, as you must, based on the evidence presented in the record. And that evidence must be able to support the findings, and there are four of them, to grant a variance. Under the law, the special circumstances is viewed very, very strictly. It is essentially irrelevant what the neighbor has. The duty of the zoning administrator was to look at this particular property to weigh the evidence in front of him and that provided by the testimony of those who were, in, were present at the hearing to determine whether he could affirmatively make that finding of a special circumstance. The record establishes that he concluded he could not. One of those factors was he viewed another site. That, that is relevant um, and something for this commission also to consider. Now, to the issue of special privileges and enjoying the privileges that others have in this particular zone, I point out that most cases look at this in the sense that do you end up with an unbuildable lot, for example, if you can't grant a variance so that somebody who owns a res ag parcel 
can build a house on it because there's too much slope, um, water features, et cetera, et cetera, special topography that limits the parcel to a very specific physical area. That's a classic example of where I would envision if something of that sort came to the commission, there, there might be evidence to say, yes, this individual deserves the same right as his neighbor, his or her neighbor, to have a house there. Now, to the issue of accessory structures, that's not necessarily the same principle. The fact that you may want to build four, five, three, two, one structures on a property and may be allowed under the zoning to do so doesn't necessarily mean that that is your right to do so and your right to have a variance because you can't quite fit in every one of the structures you want on your property. Last, I would say that under, under the law, there are two other principles that arise with variances. One, um, ignorance of the law is not a defense. And two, the creation of your own hardship is not a reason to grant a variance. Now, we're here with an appeal of, of the zoning administrator's denial of the variance. The first item that this commission must deliberate on is whether or not to grant Mr. Rogers' appeal. I would suggest that you take that item first and in doing so, what you are reviewing is whether or not the zoning administrator abused his discretion in denying the variance. An abuse of discretion means he didn't have evidence to deny it. And that is the principle you're starting with in your deliberation. So whether he knew or not as a real estate agent, you need to look at the evidence whether or not other properties might be in zone, have zoning code violations, that could be. But what's germane to your consideration is, was there evidence to support the zoning administrator's denial of this variance? If you believe there was not that evidence, then staff would appreciate that that is stated on the record before you take your vote. And um, I'd like to walk through the next step because if, for example, you decide that the zoning administrator abused his discretion and the majority of this commission would like to grant the variance, I would suggest we step through each one of these because we do have three structures. Uh, this can be separated out. But you will need to articulate on the record findings if you choose to uphold the variance. And then we'll get into all the various procedures of how we're going to get there. But um, that I'm, I'm, going, I'm moving ahead of myself. What I'm going to suggest you do is now deliberate strictly on the issue of the appeal. Is there a reason to grant this appeal or not? Articulate what evidence you find would support whichever way the commission wishes to, to move. Okay. Thank you, Karen. De dealing with the appeal. And that's fine. I'm, I'm what I want to speak to at this point, if I could. <clears throat> we're getting, we've heard testimony from the owner and we've heard testimony from staff that are contradictory. Right. And I think that's an issue. I, I'm not sure exactly how to approach it other than maybe we need to have a surveyor go out or a licensed engineer or someone to come back and present to us 
yes, there is proper locations for these other buildings to be moved to, or no, there isn't, and and that takes care of the appeal issue in my own mind. Now, I don't mean you're going to tell me something different, probably. Yeah, and, and I think ESD may can, can confirm, but I, I believe a survey was done as far as the property line. Is that correct? <clears throat> Only the east property line, that was the only um, line that was surveyed and by, under the direction of Ken Guile, who is a known surveyor and also um, with direct communication with the county surveyor. So as far as, I think what you're talking about is a topographic survey and also relative to the boundary lines mm -hmm. and on other portions of the property, not just the shed in relation to the east property line. And correct. Yeah, I, I, I guess before I decide whether uh, those buildings should stay there or not stay there or whether there is, in fact, other locations for them that is acceptable, we're getting told, obviously, by two different sides of the issue here that uh, there is or there isn't a proper location for them, that massive trees have to be cut down, and we've heard all, you know, all the negatives and positives. And I th right now I'm concerned that we don't have uh, verification on either side of that issue. And if, if I can sort of piggyback on that, on that alternate location, the only thing I'm hearing is, is that's where the shed would go, not, not the barn or the horse stalls, that it's just the one structure. And I haven't really heard alternate locations for the other structures. So I'm sort of up in the air on on that. I mean, take them mm -hmm. individually, in <laughs> but I I still don't know if that lower area because I'm hearing from one person that you know that you'd still have to get a variance to move there, and, and you know staff saying well there is enough area so they wouldn't have to require variance. Yeah, but I, I'd like to make a comment on, on these buildings and I'd like to piggyback on what our county council just mentioned. I think she was reading my mind because every parcel is going to have some limitations. I mean, you go out there, you drive out there and it's got all rolling hills and everything else. Now, if you if you were allowed the zoning to create a parcel that you can't, obviously couldn't build on, it was like this, anything, a house or anything else, it'd be different. But this issue of, of outbuildings, you know, not, you can't build as many as you want on any property. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, you've got to at least follow some rules and regulations, but um, I just like to point that out. It's, it's a little different than, the, than you know, he, the house is permitted and the, and the secondary home is, is was on and allowed and now you now the you know accessory buildings for the use of the property you know mm -hmm. Mr. I, I have kind of a question here to uh... <laughs> to me it, it sounded like the pasture is in violation of the uh, ordinance too but I don't, we haven't heard very much about that so let me let me touch on that real quick and that's why I went and grabbed the the pointer here to get to the <clears throat> I have the right oh I knew I was going to do that <laughs> okay bear with me
back to the main page or something. It's got a new one. Okay, so, so this is the site plan that we're looking at right now. And our pointer. I might just have to stay up here. <laughs> okay, so, so you have the, the shed, the barn, then the animal enclosure, if I'm not mistaken, is this area with here and here. This area, including the two structures, to meet code, we need to be 30 feet from the property so, line. So you just sort of blew me out of the water on, on that one because I thought if, if, if his fence is a property line and you say it's an animal enclosure, it's a, is it a pasture? Is it a, you know, is it a stall or whatever? Because I'm just assuming if, if on the property line there's a fence and he has stock, stock can, you know, is not in... Is there a structure within that pasture? And the, within this pasture, no. And that, if I'm not mistaken, Melanie, the pasture, is, there's a code section in the ordinance that prevents that from being closer than 30 feet. That's correct. In the, in the, uh, from the property line. So, what, the, so the, the fence or the? The fence, the actual animal enclosure. I Yeah, because the, the that area is designated as an animal enclosure, not a pasture. An animal enclosure needs to meet setbacks, and it mm. needs to be thirty feet from the property line. And additionally, no one not me. That states. Oh, I'm sorry. There's also a code that states that. The animal enclosure needs to be further away from the property line than it is to the abutting residence. So there's a residence on the neighboring property, and the animal enclosure is closer to that residence than it is from their property line. So for instance, if that animal enclosure is 20 feet to the abutting residence, then it needs to be at least 20 feet off of their own property line. So Mr. Rogers would have to have it at least 20 feet off of those two property lines. Question for yeah. council. I'm just I'm getting confused here and afraid that we're. Yeah. Well. Well, it's one of the issues. Pasture is one of the issues in the. Yeah. The pasture. Well, is it or is well, it simply the issue that we are determining whether the zoning administrator did his job properly? Based on we the information he had at the time of the zoning administrator's hearing. That is correct. Foot or twenty foot setback. That's not our call. Our call is, did the zoning administrator use the evidence and de determine uh, his findings accordingly? Based on the facts. Based on what was available to the zoning administrator at the time of the hearing. Based on the present facts that we've been presented with. Right, so it doesn't really matter if he's got somewhere else to move the building or not. Is the building in the wrong place? Yes. The remedy for that is further down the line. We're, we're well, Ask County Council. Mr. Gray, they, uh, Commissioner Gray, pardon me. Commissioner Gray is absolutely correct. The job here for this commission is to determine whether or not the zoning administrator properly denied the appeal. 
you're basing that evidence on your staff report and also the testimony provided here. And remember, the applicant has, uh, the appellant, pardon me, the appellant has the burden of proof to establish that the zoning administrator abused his discretion in denying the variances. So um, I couldn't articulate it better than the way Commissioner Gray did. It, it's irrelevant whether you can move the building you're, you're up above here on a different level of looking at it from the appeal standpoint. So do we don't take into consideration special circumstances? He's well, yes. arguing that the, he has special circumstances. The county is saying no, he does not. And, and yes, yes, that, that's correct. And we're supposed because, to decide that. Yes. yes, what you're doing is you're looking at what the zoning administrator stated, which was he couldn't find special circumstances. He found it to be a special privilege. He found it to be detrimental. Don't forget number four prong, which is detrimental to the adjoining community and neighbors. That's your fourth prong. And that it wasn't a minimum departure from the zoning code. Those are the four prongs of a variance. And what you're here today to determine is whether you've heard evidence that convinces you otherwise that yes, I see special, I've been presented evidence here at this appeal hearing to establish there are special circumstances that merit one, two, or three of these. Remember, you got three different requests here right. as to whether there is, there is, you've heard evidence to refute the zoning administrator's conclusion. You know, I guess uh, I'm a little puzzled here because uh, the zoning administrator made a conclusion that there was an alternate site, and uh, that's in dispute from the property owner. And well, uh, so the question of whether the zoning administrator did a proper job or not depends, I guess, on the uh, information in the record. And the information in the record basically mentions that there's an alternate site. Right. And, and so we don't mind. really have any information on whether or not that site was, uh, how it was reviewed or, you know, I mean, if he says that he needs to have uh, a variance to use that site and then has to come back and get a variance for that site. That's quite possible. And as Commissioner Gray said, that's something down the line. The, the issue of whether there's an alternate site does bear on whether or not there are special circumstances. Because remember, special circumstances are, right. is there nowhere in, on that property due to topography uh, existing conditions such as, for example, a stream where an individual could put a structure. Um, it is irrelevant for purposes of this hearing as to whether that structure will fit in, need a variance, uh, will meet setbacks, but it is relevant to the fact that if you have alternate places to put it, then you have to, you have to ask yourself the question, if there are alternate places, can I make a finding of special circumstances? That, that's the central issue you have to determine. And you have to determine whether you um, feel that there was enough evidence by the zoning administrator to have made the conclusion that no, no special circumstances. You may disagree based on the evidence presented to you. That's why this appeals is before okay, you. Okay, and so then also I think I heard you say that if it's a, a residence, there's a different uh, bar than there is for... No, 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 no. Um, I didn't mean to indicate that. It, it, the, easiest, the easiest example to present for variances tends to be 
in terms of understanding what it means to enjoy a privilege of an adjoining property in that same zone is, is looking at what, what is essentially the privilege of, of a particular zone. And you generally look at the fundamental use. So in other words, if it was commercial, okay, well, what's, what's a use that you would enjoy or you would have on that particular parcel? So I didn't mean to, to construe that it only dealt with residences, but there is an issue as to when you look at accessory type structures, barns and the such, that may be something you're allowed on that zone, but is it necessarily a right yeah. or is it perhaps a privilege or you know could it be 200 feet square feet or exactly or something a little smaller yeah. um, Mr. Chair I have a question for Melanie on an, the alternative site uh, you seemed a little tentative on that when you were up there I mean when he was saying that he would need a variance for that and you said, I don't believe he would need one. Um, or how confident are you that there is legitimately a buildable site that would not require a variance? I, I have two answers to that. One is I, I didn't have, I would have to measure it basically. I'd have to be out there with a measure and, and measure back from the property line. I didn't have that at the time. So that's something to take into consideration. But I'd also mention that on that map right there, you can see that area that we're talking about and all of that is graded and it i would say no it's it's to the left there it's yeah thank way you. over so so this is one this is the west property line here and the north property line right there and as you can see all this area has been graded and i would say based on the fact that this is one foot it, it looks to me like you can get 30 feet from here and 30 feet from here, and this is graded here. And, the, and there's also another slide on this, an older one, that shows a structure right here. Well, what I'm still trying to get to is, does he have alternatives? The county says yes, he says no. So that's all I'm trying to understand. Yes, in, in yes, it's that area that I point yeah, if you, if you refer back to the staff report, what the zoning administrator stated that, that it is a 2.4 acre parcel and there are several areas where they could actually build the structures. That's from the ZA. It, for the record, in terms of, of the discussion, the alternate side, I'd just like to point out that, that no one on staff is, is, is concluding that it can be built without a variance. As Melanie said, you'd have to lit you'd have to see the plans. You'd have to see how big the proposed building would be. There are a lot of factors going into that, and that's simply something that's not in front of this commission. Nor nor can anyone here on this side say, yeah, it, you know, that could be built without a variance. That's simply outside of our, our scope right now. But the burden of proof here was on the appellant. Correct. To show us that it couldn't be done today. If, if we were to take that into consideration. The, if I understand you correctly, the burden of the appellant is to establish that the zoning administrator's denial of the variance was an abuse of discretion because in fact there is evidence to support the granting of one, two, or all three of the variances that was in front of the zoning administrator. 
Okay. Uh, well, I guess for the first question, whether the zoning administrator uh, did a proper job, I would make the motion that he did. I accept accepting that. Then are you saying you deny the appeal and but, file? Well, she, I, I think we've got to take this steps, right? That, huh? That's what I'm, I'm sensing is if, if your um, conclusion is that he had evidence to uphold his decision, then it sounds like the motion you want to make is to make a motion to deny the appeal. Well, okay. Do you want to do on three? Yeah, take all three. Do you have a list of what we need to deal with? Because there's, there's three deals. There's we can deny all of them. I think all of them. And all that's of them. a good point that the chair is bringing up. Um, you have three variances, and oh, yeah, right. I don't know how this commission wants to handle this. You can take each. Okay, one. let's do the. Because uh, my, my okay. My, well, we can get to you later. Let's let me finish my motion. Uh, you know, I, we deny the appeal on the uh, one foot. The building, whatever we're calling the building. Yeah. I'll shed them down. What's known as the shed. That guy. You mean the shed, right? Okay, we have a motion in the second for the denial of the shed. And do roll call? Yes. 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 Okay, then we can go ahead and take. Well, you have the livestock. Enclosure and, and then the pole barn or stalls or little which one it's somebody else has I think to make the list is up now. Yeah. Okay, so then oh, we may need some more discussion on the pole barn, I think. I don't know if I really have that one fixed. We've been focusing on the shed, but well, the shed's been the one that the alternate location is. Yeah. It's on the corner of the property. And this well, the discussion is, is the discussion changed now? He denied the variance on the one that we just talked about. Yes. The other ones came in later, correct? After the uh, first time the staff went out there and said these are also a problem? That's correct. So that... Um, did he make a, a ruling on a variance on those two at the same time that he did the, uh, the first one? That's right. So he did on these two. There's one hearing. Oh, yeah, so he. Okay. Okay, I just got to get that contact. Okay, so now it would be the variance to allow the placement of the 420 square foot barn. That's so it's not a matter of replacement. We're just saying, did George look at this properly the same way he looked at the first one? And did he go by the rules and, and do everything properly? So it's the same question on all three. The denial was on all three. Right. right. And our, our question is, did George separate. look at all three of them the same way and do it properly? So if we denied the first one, the appeal, we'd almost have to do the other three. You could make the motion if you wanted. Trying to get it all the challenges here. Yeah, and, and actually there, were, I guess there was really no location replacement for the 420 square foot. <coughs> now, I, I was thinking, you know, move it over, but then he's saying that his line from his well, he'd have yeah, to well, we, set it we over. concrete over water lines constantly. Yeah. That's not a question. Okay. I'll make a motion that we um, uphold the denial of the variance 
for item number two. For the bar. Second. Okay, roll call. Mr. Sevison? Yes. Mr. Gray? Yes. Mr. Nader? Yes. Mr. Moss? Yes. Mr. Johnson? Yes. Mr. Rucucci? Yes. Mr. Denial? Yes. Okay, now it's a variance to allow for the placement of animal enclosure on the east side of property line. I'll make a motion. It would be a north well, and discussion. East, north and east. Yeah, discussion on, on, on that because I do have an issue because I, I look at it more as uh, where you have your livestock. Well, well, I can agree that you perhaps don't like the idea that your livestock could come right up or should be allowed to come up, but that's not our the question. The question is, did George no, look at it, it No, it's, it's what it's right. called. Yeah, it's, it's not, not, not only it's called, but you have it's a restricted there. You know, they call the That's what the county's classified as. That's what the county is. Yeah, so the distinction would be, you know, if they allowed the horses to graze the whole property, that would be different than... Or, or no, if he put cross fencing anywhere. Cross fencing someplace in, yeah. Yeah, and that would be a pasture. Where he yeah. had it and said it's pasture, because if he took that all the yeah. way from there down to the to the right. corner, then they can right. run. And I, it was mislabeled on our map as a pasture, right. which we've subsequently found out. That it's an animal enclosure which is subject to the rules that George went by saying that this is not from the right place, correct? Am I following that right? No. So he made the same right. decision on the same evidence on this enclosure right. oh, okay, as he did but, on the shed. Well, I guess for clarification, did, so did the owner of the property call it the animal enclosure or did George determine that? I don't know, what, qu qu how do you determine that? <laughs> There's actually definitions, and actually I have them right here if you'd like to hear them. Um, but there's there's a definition for an animal enclosure and there's a definition from the pa for a pasture and once code enforcement had gone out to the property and reviewed that area which had had a complaint it was determined based on the definition that this was an animal enclosure and therefore needed to meet those 30-foot setback what, what is the definition though of an animal yeah. okay a definition of a pasture well definition of an animal enclosure is any facility within which animals are permanently kept or which are intended primarily for the keeping of animals and which are 5,000 square feet or less in gross area. The pasture, on the other hand, is an area where animals are confined, where the animals feed on growing grasses and herbage, and they must have sustainable vegetation present at all times, and enough residual plant material must be present to provide adequate ground cover for regrowth and erosion control to ensure continued forage production. And so, and, oh yes, and the term pasture is not intended to indicate denuded, barren ground throughout the pasture area. And upon code enforcement's review of the property, they found that the area was denuded and it did not meet any of this, of this criteria for a pasture, and, but it did meet the definition of an animal enclosure. And so that's how it was, that's how it was de designated, animal enclosure. So if I could add on to what Melanie just said, the, the, the place where setbacks come into play is under animal enclosures, it's, it refers to sites 10 acres or less. So it's, the setback is applicable to those parcels and what it says in no case shall an enclosure be located closer to any property line that is common with an adjacent parcel 
than the minimum setback distance required by the zone district for main dwelling, which that's 30 feet. So it only applies for those you know, smaller parcels, 10 acres or less. According to that, George did exactly what yeah. they said. Okay. So shall I make motion. a motion now? <coughs> I, I move that we deny the appeal on the pasture. I mean, no. Animal. <laughs> on, the, on, the animal, <laughs> on the animal enclosure. Okay, and I would second it. Okay, a roll call. Mr. Sevison? Yes. Mr. Gray? Yes. Mr. Nader? Yes. Mr. Moss? Yes. Mr. Johnson? Yes. Mr. Ricucci? Yes. Mr. Denio? Yes. Okay. The <coughs> we upheld the zone agent yeah. that decision. Now we probably have to go through the findings or something. Really was right. Yeah. Yeah, Chairman, if you want to state the appeal rights. Okay, um, if you want to appeal this, you have 10 calendar days to appeal, and the fee is $546, and it should be made at the planning department. Okay. That's, thank you.